Happy New Year and welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Test. I'm Ivan. And I'm Karen. Happy New Year to you guys. And if you're a new listener who has made it their resolution to follow some independent podcasts in 2021, a very happy new year and a very good welcome to you. Um, what we do here is myself and Karen pick up a conspiracy theory each week and try and convince each other it's true. And if you're a seasoned listener, you're probably wondering what's going on with the sound and yes. where are the muffled underwater screams you've come to know and love. They're gone because Santa swung by the conspiracy theory test at Christmas and dropped off a couple of the new microphones for myself and Ivan. We have gotten an upgrade of the highest proportions. Absolutely, yeah. And I say Santa, but it was actually Stephen and Andrea that got uh, that got me my microphone. So they're actually now investors, I guess. Oh yeah, they're silent partners. Yeah, and Laura was my Santa here and uh, <laughs> did a great job. Uh, yeah, silent partners. I guess we owe them everything now. I thought I I, I, you say silent partners, but Stephen was definitely like, "You better give me a mention." <laughs> you know, like I thanked him on Christmas morning in front of our family and friends. It wasn't any. It's like it's basically sponsorship. You have to thank him every week going forward. And I wouldn't mind, but he also gave me the idea for the theory that I'm doing this week. So. He gave you a brilliant uh, book on conspiracy theories as well. That's going to be a good source for you. I'm telling you, we're just going to keep this party going because yeah, we I'm... have literally got nothing else to do this year. <laughs> I'm kind of glad. I'm like, yeah, let's focus on the podcast. Let's, yeah, why? Let's, let's just ignore the dumpster fire that is <laughs> outside. <laughs> well, hopefully everyone got to uh, recharge the batteries over Christmas and to be ready for this lockdown or level five or whatever you want to call us. I'm calling it lockdown three. I'm locking in. <laughs> this time it's terrible. <laughs> Locked and loaded or not loaded. This is this is starting to feel like we're in the Fast and Furious franchise because we're on yeah. the third one. So first we had lockdown, then we had too fast, too lockdown. <laughs> now it's lockdown three, five k drift. <laughs> but even though there were so many of them, at least they were called Fast and Furious one, two, three, etc., and not bloody Fast and Furious three with additional points like. Kind of level five, but kind of not. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know what's happening anymore at this point, to be honest. I, I just stay in my house for fear of breaking a rule I didn't even know existed. Yeah. We're all that like Simpsons meme of just like Homer looking out the top window, like. Yeah. <laughs> just Putting his two index fingers together. <laughs> yeah. Just like, what? I don't know what's going on. Or we're, we're Bart with the telescope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, if the rest of you are stuck in the way we are and you're all caught up on conspiracy theory test episodes, what you should do is swing on over to the conspiracy theory test.com and have an old creep there. Absolutely. We have a website, a fully functioning up and running website. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, apologies. I'll take full responsibility for laptop based glitches that were the reason it didn't launch the last time we claimed it would. But um, it's up and it's better looking than ever. The big it's got links to everything that you need. But the big thing for me and loads of work went into it behind the scenes by Laura is the blog. Yes. It's, because like so one I don't know about you, Karen, but one person told me the way they knew they really liked this podcast was the fact that they went Googling 
the theories after they listened to an episode. Yeah, a couple of people have said the same to me that they were like, they were like, geez, you might make a theorist out of me yet. Like, yeah, which is brilliant. And now you don't have to go Googling because all of our sources are in the one spot. Yeah, and they'll be added obviously today after today's episode. Exactly, yeah. So to kick us off in the new year, it's it's my turn. First one of 2021. Can't wait. What a way to ring it in. What a way to ring it in. Avan, we're ringing it in with something I like to call animalistic espionage. Oh, I've because never I have it. I have an English degree and I'll be damned if I'm not going to use it. <laughs> All words must have five syllables or more. <laughs> thank you, Manute English Department. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. And again, thank you to Stephen for the suggestion. Okay. Uh, so with this one, it looks like we're going down a rabbit hole, although ironically, there are no rabbits here. <laughs> So basically, this theory stems from the idea that certain governments and certain uh, people and certain political groups use animals as spies. Oh, right. So there's a lot of them are actually Israel related conspiracy theories. So my sources today are from a few different places, as always. So I have some from our friends at Wikipedia, National Geographic, The Atlantic, Forward.com and PRI.org. So basically, the first one we're going to look at is birds. Okay, so birds as spies, which to me is actually the most logical. Okay. Because birds, as well as other animals, are actually often tagged with GPS tracking devices or identification bands to record their movements for animal migration, migration tracking or similar reasons. Um, but some say it's absurd to actually use birds for spying purposes. But then we get the griffin vulture. And this lad means business. All right. So from the PRI article, we have this story about the griffin all right so this is from i think 2012 so basically a bit of and this is taken directly from the article a strange bit of news made its way out of the middle east this week lebanon had detained a griffin vulture on suspicion of espionage i want to know (laughs) right i want to know how they did that like how do you just find a vulture and you're like this lad get the handcuffs I love the idea of one Garda holding him and being like, stop flapping. <laughs> I'll ask the questions here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently, they, so again, the bird was tagged, allegedly the bird was tagged by for tracking by the Tel Aviv University. But apparently the GPS transmitter raised suspicion that this bird was up to no good. Was he acting a bit cagey? Oh, Evan. <laughs> My first one. Your first one. <laughs> We've just reversed roles for the for the year. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Apparently, uh, you would think as well that this was the first case of a bird, uh, you know, doing something like this. But apparently, it is not. So uh, apparently, in two thousand and eight, Iran arrested two pigeons for hanging around a uranium enrichment plant. <laughs> <laughs> There was no way I was going to be able to say that with a straight face. <laughs> Again, how, how do you catch them? I don't know. Like, how how do you know it's two, those two specific pigeons? Yeah, surely there are loads of pigeons anywhere there are pigeons. Oh, <laughs> those two in particular. I suppose there is that documentary, Catch the Pigeon. 
I've never heard cartoon. of this. Well, never. it's a cartoon, but uh, <laughs> like what? And then it makes like begs the question: What were those pigeons really doing around Trafalgar Square, and where are they all gone? Yeah, true. I think all the ones on Grafton Street are up to no good. Definitely, and now they have the whole street to themselves. That must be terrifying. Or really boring, because there's probably no litter. But what if we're, when we're eventually allowed out of our houses in 2023, like that, the pigeons have just taken over everything. <laughs> like they'll start charging us rent. Yeah, because my, my best friend, uh, Lucia, shout out, uh, is actually, her biggest fear is penguins. And she's probably going to kill me for telling people this, but her biggest fear is penguins. Yeah, she thinks they're going to overthrow the world. But the, Well, yeah, but I don't mind living in a world ruled by penguins. Yeah, I know, but aren't they vicious though? Do you not are you not afraid they're gonna peck your ankles and then you're just gonna fall over and then they're just gonna kill you? <laughs> well I am now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but they're so cute and waddly. But that's fair. Yeah, they are. But that's what they want you to think. They're luring you into a false sense of security. <laughs> it's like seals and badgers. The cuter the wild animal, the more vicious it would be in reality. Yeah, like like red pandas. Like red pandas are just pure evil, probably. But they're really cute. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And probably slots. Maybe not slots, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I'm willing to give slots the benefit of the doubt because they're so lazy. I just okay. don't think they're arsed doing that. No, no, they'd probably just give you a bit of a cuddle. Maybe. Again, I don't know. See, now I'm questioning every single animal ever. Except Mac and Sherlock. Except Mac and Sherlock, the best lads ever. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, back to the pigeons. Back to the pigeons, but they were arrested again for hanging around a uranium enrichment plant. I just, again, I just think it's so funny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tiny so, handcuffs. So apparently, uh, yeah, so they were arrested in 2008. So they had description when they were arrested, a really confusing description of birds bearing a blue coated metal ring with invisible strings uh, was given but they didn't like whoever made the arrest didn't give any more details um, so but they did claim that the rings and the strings that were invisible were some sort of communication device so no word on actually what country that the birds were loyal to and the pigeons whereabouts now are unknown so obviously they didn't change them very well <laughs> the pigeons whereabouts are unknown no one did a follow-up autobiography, no? Well, it's because they actually just look like every other pigeon on the planet as well, <laughs> I feel. I'm worried for the mental health of those guards. Yeah, I, are you okay, hon? Let me know. <laughs> Again, there's some loads more like bird theories that stem from Israeli-Turkish relations. Again, Turkey actually accuses Israel of some pretty insane theory. So, for example, in recent years, Turkish Islamists have claimed that a three-day heavy metal music festival in Istanbul was actually organised by a Mossad front and the head of Turkey's Higher Education Board suggested that genetically modified tomato seeds brought in from Israel could be programmed to harm Turks, if not destroy the whole Turkish nation. Wow. I actually thought you were going to say that they suspected this whole heavy metal festival was organised by a pigeon. Maybe it was. <laughs> but the tomato yeah. thing is just as off the wall or creative, we'll say. Exactly. And I'm, the reason I'm telling you this is just for context of the fact that they're, they're constantly being accused of mad theories. Uh, and then another theory, again, dates back to 2012 when a group of villagers near a place called Gaziantep found a dead bird, which was apparently a European bee eater. Uh, and again, it had a metal band around its leg and that metal band actually read Israel. 
Oh, I guess a normal one would just wouldn't just say the country's name. What else? I don't. I don't know. What if? Or maybe a serial number. I I wouldn't have thought. Maybe that's a good enough reason to think that it's a spy. I think, and again, apparently the bird had an enlarged nostril because a microchip had been shoved up there. Maybe. Oh. Right. So again, or maybe they got the Bill Gates vaccine before the rest of us. Who knows? Yeah, right in the nostril. Right in the nostril. I can't wait for my microchip. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. At this point, I will take anything you're willing to give me. Just hook yeah. it through my veins. You can track my movement from the chipper to home to work and back again. That's fine. Yeah. Good luck taking control of me, Bill Gates. You're about to take an awful lot more naps. Yeah. <laughs> So again, as I said, some of these theories are wacky, but in my humble opinion, some of them are highly plausible. I mean, the bird thing to me, like, yeah, I think that like if you're going to put a tracking device in a bird, then obviously you're going to use a bird to spy. Yeah, checks out. I think yeah. so. Another one then as well. Uh, so as I said, from Wikipedia, it says that uh, there's loads of zoological conspiracy theories around Israel. Um and it's typically in Muslim-majority countries, and it alleges the use of animals by Israel to attack civilians or conduct espionage. Another example includes the December 2010 shark attacks in Egypt. So, have you heard about this? No, not at all, but it sounds intriguing. Okay, so these took place in... Uh, so these were attacks by sharks on swimmers off the Red Sea resort of Sharm El Sheikh in Egypt. So on December 1st, 2010, three Russians and one Ukrainian were seriously injured within minutes of each other. And then on the 5th of December, a German woman was killed when they were attacked while wading or snorkeling near the shoreline. And again, these attacks were described as unprecedented by shark experts. So obviously in response to the attacks, the beaches in the resort were closed for over a week. Dozens of sharks were caught and killed and the local government issued new rules banning shark feeding and restricting swimming. So the, a, a variety of theories obviously were put forward to explain the attacks. They include overfishing in the Red Sea or illegal or inadvertent feeding of smaller sharks or sharks or smaller fish close to the shore. Uh, so another theory then considers the dumping of sheep carcasses in the Red Sea by a livestock transport. Uh, and then that's what attracted them to us. So there you go. That one's quite clever, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So apparently that's, you know, the plausible, again, highly, highly plausible. But again, the conspiracy theories then that were sparked by this was possible Israeli involvement, Egyptian television broadcast claims from South Sinai Governor Mohammed Abdel Fadil that Israeli divers captured a shark with a GPS unit planted on its back, allegedly by Mossad. And again, some people describe the theory as sad, but again, GPS tracking, anything is possible. Yep, not implausible completely. I don't think so. Right, so another few theories then we have and this is going to be taken by uh from sorry this is going to be taken from the national geographic right so as i said the griffin vulture in 2016 has a six foot wingspan and across the israeli border into lebanon and the, the bird was caught by local visitors villagers it was found to be wearing a small tracking device on its foot and again the locals believed that they were being spied on okay then we have some squirrely behavior Iran isn't a stranger to alleging animal espionage. They detained 14 squirrels in 2007. 
wow. <laughs> that sounds like mayhem. Absolutely. Again, how are you tracking and catching all of the animals? One squirrel is too much to have in a room. And then, this is my favourite bit. The squirrels had some sort of small recording or radio device that was used for eavesdropping. <laughs> eavesdropping is like a small name for spying. But like, aren't, aren't like, like squirrels notorious for just having like mad ADHD? So how are you going to train a squirrel to eavesdrop? Oh yeah, that's a good point. They'd be going in and out of focus the whole time. Yeah, like... I don't believe it for a second. I'm not buying it. Well, maybe I am buying it. That's what they want you to think. That's what they want me to think. Absolutely. And then we have some dolphins. Okay, so in 2015, Hamas, a Palestinian political organization, uh, claimed that the U.S. State Department had accused of terror... Sorry. A political U.S. Sorry, I need to start this again. My apologies. No, take your time. A Palestinian political organization, Hamas, uh, which is claimed... That, sorry, the US State Department has accused of terrorism, claimed that they apprehended a dolphin that was spying for Israeli forces. Right? So again, they report that the allegations that the dolphin was outfitted with spying equipment, including, but not limited, to cameras. Oh, kid it, eh? Dolphin. Yeah. But apparently, this is not the first time. In 2014, Russia took over Crimea and infiltrated a Ukrainian military unit, and they actually found several combat dolphins combat dolphins what does a dolphin do in combat so they were believed to be used to find underwater targets like mines or to block intruders from entering restricted area which begs the question of what was fungi doing in dingle all those years well that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said this you know that's it we're always going back to him the whole time <laughs> who was he spying for like another ga county yeah maybe Cork. probably Cork. <laughs> I mean, how did they really manage to win the Sam McGuire so many times? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Got all your secrets, Kerry. There you go. And again, apparently in the 60s, the US Navy ran a similar program. Uh, so apparently they said that the US has not only used dolphins as guards, but the animals are also highly skilled at detecting underwater mines because of their echolocation. It's so pre- so precise that they've actually been used in lieu of machines. That is very interesting. Right? So that's some of the... I'm hitting you with loads of different theories today. But uh, I just... Yeah, I can't help myself, as we said. So there's also other ones as well. Suspicious tail numbers lead to pigeons' arrest in India. A pigeon with numbers on its tail was captured by Indian police on suspicion it was working for Pakistan. (laughs) You know, you explained that perfectly. And for some reason, my brain went to... There was a... A suspicious amount of tails <laughs> on the pigeon. <laughs> uh, like us when we get our vaccine, we're all going to grow tails. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> going to leave my house with my three ears. Uh, all the better to hear with. Yeah. <laughs> then we have the spy duck that was detained in Egypt. Actually a stork, not actually a spy. Oh. <laughs> So apparently they alerted authorities to what was reported as a spy duck with a surveillance device or a bomb on its back. And again, authorities arrested the birds. How? (laughs) How do you put handcuffs on a bird? How do you approach a bird when you don't know if the machine on its back is a surveillance device or a bomb? I don't know. So again, uh, 
a vet, a vet established that the voice was in fact a tracker and the bird was in fact a stork. So the police <laughs> moved to release the bird. And again, this stork's whereabouts is unknown. But the last... <laughs> because obviously it's unknown because they have bleeding wings. Like. <laughs> they could go anywhere. <laughs> but the last anyone heard, the stork was waiting for the prosecutor to sign off when it's released. Oh my God. <laughs> It's on probation now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, yeah, it's just, there we go. And again, a dolphin was stripped of its will and turned into a murderer by Israel, seized by Hamas. Again, oh, I said that supposedly co-opting wildlife, a dolphin acting fishy of no. Gaza uh, and attracted the attention of Hassan Kassam Brigade Naval Commandos. Upon investigating, they found what was described as a murderer of a dolphin equipped with a surveillance package. As usual, no photo of the dolphin or the or its equipment was released. Why aren't you releasing photos? What's going on there? Yeah, if anything, to give us something for our sweet, sweet socials. Yeah, we need, maybe we can do a mock-up. How's your drawing skills, man? Oh, I could definitely draw a dolphin with a bomb on its back. There we go. No, I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be making promises you can't keep. (laughs) So, yeah, that's pretty much some animalistic espionage. That's amazing. And I love that it was a few different stories again, because those ones are always fun. Right. And I'm now fully convinced that whatever Fungi was doing, he had completed his mission and he's just gone off now. Oh, I prefer that to the idea that he's dead. Yeah, and that's why he was so lonesome. Yeah. What other, del- what other dolphin is going to hang out with uh, a rat, basically? I don't know. A radioactive one, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> true. That's your man that came in that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think? Do we think it's possible that they're actually using animals as spies? Yeah, why not? It's a good idea. It's a bit like, remember, they, they trained those dogs to run in under tanks. Like, I know that didn't go very well, but... Did, um, did, I, did, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. Um, Some, I think the, maybe the Russians during the Cold War. I'll fact check this and I'll correct myself when I realise it's neither that country nor that war even. Uh, trained dogs to run in under uh, the opposition's tanks with bombs on their backs so that they'd explode poor dogs but um they got their karma because the dogs were trained by using their own tanks so when they went out into the field they just ran under the russian tanks oh no (laughs) ultimate karma for setting up those poor little doggies amazing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so for that reason i believe um i believe your theory yeah I wanted to I wanted to kick us off with something a little bit mental because apparently 2021 is just going to be equally as insane as 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I want to interview at least one of the guards who kickstarted the idea of arresting a bird. How do you even approach your partner and say we got to take him in? We have a certain. Oh, I hope they had a warrant. <laughs> and I hope there. I hope there's mug shots of all these animals. <laughs> I hope they read them their rights as they were flapping around in their hands. <laughs> you have the you have the right to remain silent. Please do not squawk. Anything you do, yeah. squawk. Maybe <laughs> take it into evidence and use against you. Yeah. A little budgie attorney. <laughs> Isn't there something about this? Like in it's all if you've watched, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like Charlie thinks he's an expert in bird law. Oh yeah. <laughs> you could just get Charlie Day on the case, like completely. <laughs> maybe that's where they all got the idea 
my bird lawyer will hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> what an insane theory to, to kick off 2021. I love it. Uh, I'm glad. I know I felt insane talking about it, but it was it was a great one to kick off with. And again, I'm going to thank my brother again because he wants me to apparently just thank him all the time. <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for the suggestion. And Stephen and Andrea, thank you so much for the wonderful microphone. There you go. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll sample that uh, little thanks and I'll just cut it over every five minutes of this episode. <laughs> I think we're going to have to. <laughs> it's called what, like super liminal messaging. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was brilliant, Karen. Well done. Thank you very much. So this week I'm going to be sticking with the seasonal theme. Oh, okay. So staying on theme... I'm going to celebrate the new year with you by telling you the story of the December that wasn't followed by a new year. Oh, okay. And that was December 2012. Right. I remember it well. You you remember it definitely being followed by a new year, I imagine. Well, I presume that's how we got here. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Is it, Karen? We're going to find out. So the 21st of December 2012 was the date that, according to the Mayan calendar, the world was going to end. Uh, Yes, I do believe I heard that. Oh yeah, big thing at the time. They probably just predicted 2020 and it was wishful thinking. So fear spread throughout the world towards the end of 2012. Um, But it ended with an inevitable anticlimax when we all woke up relatively safe on the 22nd of December. 2012 except for all of the last minute choppers who were really banking on the apocalypse oh yeah or, <laughs> I was probably one of them I don't really remember but it seems like something I would have done same yeah <laughs> it's grand the world's ending there's not going to be a Christmas it's fine little did we know a few years later we were technically correct yeah exactly <laughs> well we all came out safe or did we hmm So to find out, we'll start right at the beginning. So a little bit of background. The Maya civilization were people that occupied a large part of southeastern Mexico and northern Central America from roughly 2000 BC until roughly uh, 1539 AD. And some families and communities in these areas still practice Mayan traditions. So a big mark left there on civilization by them. Mm. And as a civilization, they're noted for their art, their architecture, their mathematics, and what we'll be focusing on today, which is their calendar. Yes. And the reason that we're focusing on it is that there's a strong tradition of world ages in Maya literature. And according to their literature, we're currently living in the fourth world. And this is described by the gods creating three failed worlds followed by a successful fourth world in which humanity was placed. And the third world, which is the last one, uh, lasted a period that translates into modern time units as 5,125 years. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the unit that they used, but that's what it translates into. Okay. And uh, this amount of time held, in general, held great significance in Mayan culture. So there was a strong implication that the gods would destroy the fourth world once this cycle was completed. And the date 
This correlated with in the modern Gregorian calendar was the 21st of December 2012. And that's where we got our doomsday theories. Right. So do do you remember this? Like everyone Yeah, did? yeah, oh, completely. And then I was like shrugging it off, but then as the date was approaching, I was like, I wonder. I just want I was just wondering if anything weird was gonna happen that day. Because it's yeah. like winter solstice as well. So That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's easy to shrug it off and all that. It but as it gets closer, you do get a bit worried. It like coming towards your own death, I suppose. You start questioning everything a bit more. Ah, uh, existential dread. I know. It yeah, <laughs> just a year of us. And then, of course, 2020 happened and we all got very familiar with that again. Absolutely. So, Karen, <clears throat> 2012 could have really been our year if we had even known each other because conspiracy theorists popped up all over the place and they either stuck with the Mayan prophecy or they added a modern interpretation to the hysteria. So some believers use the term galactic alignment to describe a phenomenon proposed by some scientists to explain a pattern in mass extinctions supposedly observed in the fossil record. So that would imply that doomsday was coming at that time as well. And another idea tied to 2012 involved geomagnetic reversal. Uh, Apparently that's a pole shift which would possibly be triggered by a massive solar flare that would release an energy equal to 100 billion atomic bombs. You had me, like, I was thinking, that's kind of plausible, and then 100 billion atomic bombs. (laughs) See, as we've discussed, physics isn't my strong point, so I'm willing to believe it because I don't even understand what that means. Fair. But whatever theory people followed, it was undeniable that there was widespread panic. Uh, And what the outcomes of this or the kind of results of all this panic were fairly monumental globally. So at least one suicide was directly linked with fear of a 2012 apocalypse, which is very sad. Whoa, yeah. Uh, Jared Lee Lochner, the perpetrator of the 2011 Tucson shooting, also followed 2012 related predictions. Also quite sad. But we'll move on from the sad ones now and say this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The small village, uh, small French village of, I'm going to butcher this name as I always do, uh, Bugarok, had only a population of 189. But from 2000 onwards, they started being visited by mystics who believed the local mountain was the ideal location to weather the transformative events of 2012. And in, the two, in 2011, the mayor even voiced internationally to press that he feared they might have to call in the army to handle the influx of visitors in 2012. Wow. Okay. Yeah, huge. And uh, in Russia, inmates of a women's prison experienced a collective mass psychosis in the weeks leading up to the supposed doomsday. No way. Yeah, huge. Across, there, that's only a few of the examples I found. Okay. Um, there was uh, like also in one part of China, there they like ran out of candles because people, remember how people like overstocked toilet roll at the start of COVID? Yes, I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> people in China acted that way about candles. Because they thought all the electricity would go. Oh, but that's okay. That's sensible. I get that. 
I guess it is sensible, but also if the world's ending anyway, <laughs> it's kind of fine if you have no telly. Ah, yeah, but you wouldn't be watching something. That's true. You may as well watch a candle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with so many people's lives thrown into disarray by the supposed apocalypse, it felt quite bizarre when the world came out of the doomsday unscathed. And that's why I'm asking, did it really? <gasps> oh, I don't know now. <laughs> and we are, for this theory, I'm focusing on the Twitter feed of an author by the name of Nick Hinton. And he claimed in, his, in one thread that the world did indeed end on te- December 2012. And our collective consciousness now lives in an almost identical parallel universe. But why would we make COVID a thing in a parallel universe? Well, we don't pull the strings. Fair. Okay. It's it's pretty much, I guess it operates on the same rules as the old universe. It just happens to be new. Ooh, okay. Okay. And I guess we didn't, we also didn't consciously like this isn't really the theory that there's someone, some higher people like Illuminati or anything who moved us there. It's more that we just moved there without knowing. Okay, all right. So he connects the possibility to the fact that 2012 was the year that the Higgs boson was discovered. And that is the particle that Stephen Hawking claimed would cause the universe to undergo a catastrophic vacuum decay. It's uh, the God particle. And Hinton elaborates on this idea by saying, well, what would happen if we destroyed the universe? Would we know? Maybe CERN accidentally created a black hole that sucked us in without us even noticing. And we've just been living in it. That's the part, obviously, that we don't know. We're just living in us. And some physicists actually believe this is possible. Wow. So okay. like you, yeah, and there's a little bit more on us, but um, it doesn't seem completely outside the realm of possibility. Okay. So like you've pointed out in loads of your theories, Karen, Hinton had read loads about this theory before, but when he went to look it up, he couldn't find anything online. Classic, classic move. Always get being gotten rid of or sucked into a black hole, maybe. Maybe. But he does agree with the old cliche that nothing has felt quite right since 2012. And Karen, when you've lived through a global pandemic and a reality TV stars reign over the free world, it's hard to disagree. That is very true. It does feel like we're in some kind of time vacuum at the moment, for sure. (laughs) And that it's kind of just been getting worse in almost four year increments. Like 2012, things get weird. 2016, Trump is elected. 2020, global pandemic. What happens in 2024? I hope we all have hoverboards by then. Yeah, I still haven't gotten my hoverboard back to the future. Or my self-tying shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or my uh, self-measuring coat. That was great too. Yeah, Back to the Future promised us loads. But we did get mobiles. That's and true. Skype. It kind of has Skype in us. A little bit. <laughs> so there is an alternate theory that doomsday happened and we're actually all in hell. 
But fair. Very fair. Very fair again when you see the last year. But today we're focusing on the parallel universe theory. I like it. And it's, again, it's a hard one to wrap. It's a hard one for me to wrap my brain around anyway, because I'm not huge in physics. But there's a quote from the author Alan Watts that best explains the multiverse theory. And that is as follows. Imagine a multidimensional spider's web in the early morning covered with dewdrops. And every dewdrop contains the reflection of all the other dewdrops. And in each reflected dewdrop, the reflections of all the other dewdrops in that reflection. And so on ad infinitum. So basically that means that each dewdrop is a different universe. And it's almost identical, but still sort of indescribably different. Because it's a reflection of another dewdrop's reflection of the spiderweb. Okay. So there are these infinite little tiny quirks and differences that you almost wouldn't notice in each of these universes. And what? how am I going to prove that today? Well, I, the proof lies in the phenomenon known as the Mandela effect. Ah, I love the Mandela effect. I absolutely, after I have to say, after hearing this theory, I loved the Mandela effect. Because before this, I kind of disregarded it, to be honest. Oh, no, I, I'm a big buyer into this, buyer of it. Yeah, I buy into it an awful lot. I, I was only told about it a few years ago, and it absolutely blew my mind. Oh, excellent. So you're a big fan already. Yeah, huge fan. I think it's great. Oh, perfect. Yeah, there's so much in it, and uh, so much I didn't know about it before. So for our listeners who don't know, the Mandela effect is the phenomenon of large numbers of people incorrectly recalling the same fact. So it's named after Nelson Mandela because when he died in 2013, a huge number of people were surprised and vividly remembered him dying in the 80s. Yes, a lot of people thought he died in prison, I think. Yes, specifically in prison. So that's the idea behind the Mandela effect is that it's not just that people don't remember one thing, it's that they all remember us incorrectly in the same way. Yeah, like another one is the, the Monopoly guy. Like, what what eye does he wear a monocle on? Oh! He doesn't wear a monocle at all. <gasps> Stop. So yeah, stuff like that. Um, or is there is there a hyphen between Kit, Kat, Kit and Cat? There is? No. I don't, nope, there isn't. I don't think there is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's loads. There's also... Um, People, this one now isn't going to be as impressive now as yours, but people remember the show Sex and the City being called Sex in the City. Yes. <clears throat> so this this is kind of why I've always disregarded it, because I thought it was just that generally our brains work the same way linguistically mm. and we subconsciously correct phrases so that they kind of sound right. Yeah. But it's so much deeper than that. Especially when you point out that often it's like the way you've pointed out, it's actually visual. So it's not like where we've all reworded the word monopoly so that it sounds right. It's that we've all placed the same facial accessory on this mascot. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Mad. I love us. And there are some even more uh, creepy 
examples. And the one I'm going to focus on today is to do with the Statue of Liberty. Oh, okay. So lots of people remember the Statue of Liberty being on Ellis Island. But it's actually on Liberty Island. Ah, okay. And yeah, it just sounds kind of interesting at first. Because, again, I disregarded this as people's brains filling in the blanks as such. Because people associate both the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island with America welcoming migrants. So they just put two and two together as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Which would make sense, like. Absolutely, yeah. You pick the two. It's like, I guess, maybe there's probably a lot of people who think the Blarney Stone is in Dublin. Because they know about the Blarney Stone. They know about a city in Ireland called Dublin. So they presume it goes together. Yeah. But of course it goes deeper than that. So there's an anonymous painting of the Statue of Liberty from, it seems to have been painted around that era. And it's clearly painted on Ellis Island. And it's also clear from the painting that the artists either painted this on site or directly from a photo. So how could he make such a mistake? Mm, did he make a mistake? Yeah, exactly. Or has it been sucked out of this universe and it's just remnants from a past universe? <gasps> Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it ties in. So it's that little residue from that time has snuck in with us, mainly in the form of people's memories but that it's different in this in this um, universe. And that's where you get the idea of kind of the distorted reflection in the dewdrop. Oh, wow. Okay, that is very deep. Now, if that's not strange enough, if you go on to Google Maps Street View, there are specific areas of Liberty Island where the Statue of Liberty is just gone. No, there isn't. Absolutely. Oh, don't, you better believe it's all going up on the socials later. You'll oh be able God. to see it. Oh, this is going to keep me awake now tonight. <laughs> it should, because it's clearly residue from a previous timeline. Ah, so this is definitely the tar- darkest timeline. This is, yeah, absolutely. And then it's the darkest. And also there's weird things like, why is it gone? You know, mm. that it's just slightly changed. But also, and I'm not going to dwell on this, but... I thought it was very interesting that Mandela died in 2013, which is the year directly after we would have gone into this new mm. timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, oh, it's just the detail that almost like the script writers forgot they'd written in the last story of our lives. Fair. But back to Liberty Island, right? So areas on us where the statue is just gone. And these pictures were uploaded by a Google account with the username Auguste Bartholde. What a name. What a name. And the reason it sounds so excellent, they don't make names like that anymore, because Auguste Bartholde designed the Statue of Liberty. And the account even uses um, an old-timey picture that seems to be a picture of the original sculptor. Oof. And that sounds like it could just be a classic troll or a throwaway account, except for one weird fact. And that is the account is Google approved. No, it's not. It's got that classic Google green tick. 
Oh my God. Really eerie to look at. And a little more about the Statue of Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. So just before the United States entry into World War I, the Germans committed the first act of terrorism on US soil. And it was considered one of the largest artificial non-nuclear explosions to have ever occurred. And this explosion is the reason the Statue of Liberty's torch is closed to the public. So obviously because of when it happened, it's been closed for 100 years. Oh no. So Karen... Why do people remember going there? Oh, because it happened in a different universe. <laughs> there are loads of online reviews from people giving in-depth descriptions of their trips right up to the torch. And weirder still, some of these reviews even include unmistakable photos that people have taken from the top of the torch. Oh my God. I know, it's kind of sickening, isn't it? You feel it really weird. Is, yeah, totally. And... The weirdest part of all is that there's a YouTube video. Oh my God, my stomach is just doing this. (laughs) It's a montage of tourists, tourist photos where they've tagged their photos on Google Maps at the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. And there are just tons of photos of people posing in front of and even staring up at absolutely nothing. Oh my god! And there's no way these photos have been altered or doctored or anything like that. Um, no, because where they are, well, it's it appears to be the people who took them have uploaded them. Oh man! It seems highly unlikely that they are doctored because the people are very naturally posing. Oh you know? my god! Yeah, that's that's bizarre. Wow. Chills. I have chills. And I'll give you one last fact to go with all of this. Go for it. Preston B. Nichols, who's a supposed whistleblower who wrote books detailing time travel experiments at the Montauk Air Force Base, he claims they were never able to time travel past 2012 because they could find no future beyond it. And the weirdest part of that is that he conducted that interview in 2014 Jesus that is bizarre so Karen yes the world didn't in a classic sense end 2012 but do we just continue to exist in a reflection of our own original realities oh I kind of believe it I kind of believe that's true because like as you say like when you think end of the world because of like what we're fed through media and movies and tv shows that we do all think that the end of the world is going to be an explosion or meteor showers or whatever it is but like nobody thinks that it's just like we wake up and continue but everything around us has actually changed yeah exactly it's kind of like it's almost like a Russian dolls do you know the show Yes, yes, what a great show. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, brilliant show. Kind of that idea, like everything's slightly different. Can't put your finger on it at first, that kind of thing. Oh my God, yeah, 100% that. I definitely want another episode on the Mandela effect and how much more there is to it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll flip a coin to see who gets to tackle that one, I think, because that is yeah. really good. <laughs> I don't think I can touch it for a while. I think my head hurts too much after doing that. I need to go lie down after this. This is bizarre. 
<laughs> I definitely need at least three or four more tinfoil hats all stacked on top of each other. And anybody who's like an existentialist now is just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have put a trigger warning. It's actually probably New Year. Thank God this is New Year's Day because people are probably a little bit too delicate to go questioning their own existence. And I mean, now all we have is time in our hands and nowhere to go to do that. So. Yeah, so enjoy that, everyone. Yeah. Our gift to you for the new year. <laughs> well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening and staying with us into 2021. We're going to make it as good as possible and keep bringing you some quality content. Absolutely. We hope that you are remaining positive and testing negative. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know it seems pretty bleak right now, but we just have to, I suppose, take each day as it comes and look after yourselves, look after one another. If you have to go anywhere, wear a face mask and keep washing your hands. Keep doing all that good stuff and keep checking out the conspiracytheorytest.com for all your updates. Absolutely. Ivan, it's been great. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, Karen. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs>